I, I literally told them the like after the round, I was like, guys, Maestro Cam only does five damage. You don't have to worry about it that much. And the next round, they did the same thing. <laughs> and I told them again. Hello, welcome to episode 13 of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege, things we like about Siege. Things we don't like about Siege. I am your host, Ryan. I am Chris. And today we got a great show. We're going to talk about some patch notes coming to the TTS. Are they on? They're live on the TTS. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we got some operator spotlights coming up on Jackal and Maestro, bomb Reddit posts, and amazing listener questions as always. Let's get right into it. TTS patch notes, baby. What do we got? So they've had a lot of patch notes since the TTS release. There's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different sets of patch notes. Um, the most recent one has a bunch of fixes. Some of them are kind of irrelevant, stupid fixes that nobody cares about. Um, so quick disclaimer on TTS patch notes. Sometimes these are literally just things that they're testing out and they won't necessarily ever make it to the live servers. But it's we're usually a pretty good indication of what we're going to see on the live servers. Yes. The biggest thing that they fixed recently on November 27th was the team killing is now kicking people for team killing. Right. So that was a bug on the TTS where the team killing auto kick wasn't doing anything. Which made TTS like really suck. People figured it out pretty quick that it wasn't doing anything and they right. just team kill like I all mean, the time. The last time we talked about TTS, we talked about how garbage it was to play and that we stopped playing because it just wasn't fun. And that was a lot of the reason. Yeah. Um, another patch that they had on the TTS that changed balancing they increased the recoil for the 44 magnum it still feels pretty much the same doesn't really feel too much different than it did before they changed nomads air jab so it will no longer go off while traveling in the air like uh, like sophia's concussion um launcher will and there's a 1.5 second delay before it goes off after it sticks to a surface um so before you would shoot it like at an echo behind a shield or a clash or something it would go off immediately and now it has a delay to it before it goes off. So you have a chance to get away from it. Yeah. Um, so on that, like in general, I feel like that's a good nerve. Like I, mm -hmm. like I kind of felt like we were going to see something like we talked about last time. Like, well, what if it like didn't do as much damage if it went off quickly, you know, or whatever we talked about that. Um, do as much blowback. Right. Uh, but like also to, to implement that nerf like already on the TTS before it's even made it to live servers seems a little bit jumping the gun. Like let's give like again, like I'm always a proponent of like give people time to adjust before you assume that it's OP. Right. Right. And like I can see if like like it would it would be really cool to me to see them like test this out on the TTS just to see how it affects and then introduce it one way or the other and then be willing to like change it to the other way depending on how it like works in the live server yeah um i've played with it like this i think it's better than it was before again we haven't had a chance to really adjust too much right but i feel like her thing like is kind of more supposed to be like a watching our back kind of like a claymore type of thing or like it can still it will still stop a roamer or uh, uh someone anchored An anchor yeah either way they have to move or they have to shoot it or something right yeah but so, i mean the way they sold it on the videos was very clearly like and you can use this to dislodge anchors like this is they were thinking of this majorly yeah. as that's a big point of it. i think like the stopping it from detonating in the air that makes total sense like yeah let's mm -hmm. not it, you can't like blow it past somebody and catch them because of that that's stupid yeah but like if you jam it into the wall behind the guy on the shield i'm totally down with like yeah 
bump him out of his spot. Like that's what she does. Nobody else does anything like that. And I'm totally okay with like, yeah, we're going to shift up that meta if you can't just camp your echo behind a shield and win from there. Yeah. Shoot it. And he's out of here. He gone. Um, that was a reference to a burn notice episode. <laughs> what? Wait, what? What burn notice episode? <laughs> and he's out of here. He like fake swings a bat and like the guy's running away. I do not remember this. It's when he's at uh, the explosion crazy dude who wears a suit and he flicks his finger and stuff oh snaps his finger and yeah stuff explodes all that time. is a great that's that might be the best burn notice episode it's pretty good it's a really great episode if you haven't watched burn notice this is something you should watch it's on netflix right no amazon prime video oh it used to be on netflix is it not anymore no i took it out oh bummer okay well you should find a way to watch burn notice because it's amazing it's so good there are other ways if you're intuitive enough to watch television for free online <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there are some siege operators waiting to be discovered in burn notice episodes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, we should we should watch the entirety of burn notice and come back with like top five uh, burn notice episodes that inspired a siege operator. <laughs> okay, watch burn notice. Continue. Really good TV notes. Um, Kaid, they numbered the num they lowered the number of electroclaws to two now instead of three and. They changed the amount of points you receive for deploying electric cloud. You only receive two points for deploying it now. So yeah, which is random. Um, it sounds like it was basically like when you picked it up and deployed it again. Like the patch note sounds like they didn't type it quite right. But like it's, I think the problem was you you could pick it up and deploy it again. You keep getting two points every time. You know, so you you could inflate your score. That is way. that is that the case? I, I thought I, before you get like five for deploying it or something. I, uh, I they, could be wrong. They mentioned something not too long ago about like changing the amount of points operators get for doing things to make uh-huh. their points about be the same for each right, operator. Right, right, right. But it know. could be. Um, but as far as reducing from three to two, that seems insane. Yeah, electric class. Like, yeah, that's a big difference. Even more than the air jab thing, I think like, nah, we should have let this go through yeah, with that three. Because that's, sure. that's a super easy thing to change after the fact. Right. And I don't even think it was that big of a... Like, first of all, nobody complained about no. that at all. No. Like, that was not something that anybody seemed to be worried about. Right. It was mostly like, well, Bandit's utility now is useless, but it's not like Kaid's is hard to destroy. Right. Well, so, at this point, it's like, okay, well, now you're making Kaid. You can't really choose Kaid over Bandit on most sites at this point or, or mute, right? Because you're going to need more than the two. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still get just as much as mute or Bandit can. I guess... Depending on the well, site, mute, no bandit. Yes, depending on the site, because uh, if it's yeah. really wide reinforcements, then maybe I guess probably yeah, it's probably about two. the same. Yeah, because you'd be able to cover two. It, I mean, it's probably about the same, but like then in this case, why would you ever choose Kaid? Because if his utility is equal to bandits, uh, I mean, I guess he can speed. get hatches. That's the one thing, but like his guns are garbage. Yeah, especially compared to bandit. Yeah. Um. Aside from the fact that his so everybody talks about how bad his SMG is, which it is, like with damage output. But like, which is so sad because like an AUG modified for an SMG, it right. sounds like it'd be an amazing yeah, gun. Exactly. Um, the thing with it though is it's super steady. Like it's like Legion's gun or Valkyrie's gun. It's just mm-hmm. it's a laser beam. Like it, right. it doesn't have very much kick at, at all. And so like I'm okay with it being lower than the normal SMG, like lower than Docs or something. Yeah. Just because of the fact that it's so steady, but it shouldn't be as low as it is. Like it's pretty low. Yeah, I haven't used him enough to really judge like how it feels. Um, but like 
Oh, it feels good. But like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm totally fine with damage being lower if it's like a really steady gun. Like, like a uh, an ump 45 is the same way. Legion's gun is the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, the fire rate is also really low. No, the fire SMG. High. Is it? I think it's pretty high. I don't know. Compared to SMGs? I think it's pretty high. We should look these stats up. Uh, Let's do that. But like, I mean, like it's, it's, it's certainly not one of the better defending guns in the game. And so on that note, it's like, okay, Kaid's great if you want to get hatches. But other than that, like, why would I not ever choose Bandit at this point? Because he's a freaking one speed, you know, like it's, it's dumb. Nobody's going to choose Kaid anymore. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think it'll still be chosen. Well, he'll be chosen at first, of course, because he's new. And he'll be chosen for hatches, but I don't think, uh, like, on a map or, or on a site where hatches don't matter, I don't think he'll ever be picked over Bandit. Yeah, maybe not. It'll all depend on, I mean, it's going to have to be played in the main game to see exactly. I, I would, uh, let me say, I would not be surprised if we see him bumped back up to three, like, midseason. Yeah. I, I just, I don't really think that was needed at all. Yeah, I just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see why that was needed. I, I, I might, like, I actually do wonder with this one, especially if they are just like really testing it out just to see like, okay, let's see what, you know, what the stats turn out to be with three and with two, and then we'll make our final decision going into the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause they're very clear about stating like none of these changes are necessarily permanent. Right. So the rate of fire of the AUG A3 is 700 RPM. Uh, which actually, no, that's pretty fast because that is roughly on par with uh, Maestro's Alda. Well, that's an LMG. I know, but that, it's a fast fire rate as well because I compared that to like some ARs and it was a lot faster. Some of the ARs but are check like another SMG. I know like Legion is yeah. like 900. Um, let's check who has a good one. Yeah, Legion. Well, Legion is really high. Legion is like 900. Check like Doc or something, like a middle okay, of the line. Okay, check the MP5. Yeah. Rate of fire 800 on the MP5. What did I say? 700 or 740 on the... 700. 700? Maybe it is kind of low. So it's a little low, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the MP5 is a great gun. And, well, it's, and that's, that's the point. It's like, he, it seems like he, like him, both he and, uh, what's her name, Nomad, were balanced to have high utility and maybe lower kill power. But now you've you've nerfed both of their utilities pretty significantly. So it's like, well, then... Are we going to get a gun buff? Because that's kind of stupid. Yeah. With the AUG, it is very steady. So it's fine that it's a little lower, but it's very low. Like we just looked at those fire rates and it's lower than almost like the average SMGs that we could find. Yeah. Actually, I want to look at so. the ump and compare it to that because the ump is actually a very, very slow. Yeah. The ump is a slower one. Fire rate. But I think it's, oh, well, it's damage. I don't think it's 600 RPM. So that's even slower. Yeah. But it's damage. But that high, one is it? very steady. Mm-hmm. You do not miss with that one. It's pretty steady. What's the damage on the ump? Uh, 38. Yeah, that's pretty high. Which is pretty high, yeah. That's very high. Moving on, anything else in those patch notes? Um, so last thing on the patch notes, they recently we were playing, last time we were playing the TTS, there was a bug where I was clash and I was getting meleeed and I was not, my shield wasn't bouncing back. Oh yeah, that was um, awesome actually. It worked oh, out it worked really out well really for well. us. It worked out <laughs> very well for us. Um, but it was a bug and it has been fixed. Operators with ballistic shields are immune to guard break effect while walking backwards. And I was walking backwards during the time. So that's been fixed. That's good. Cause that was, it was kind of broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. Poor guy, but <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. That guy got screwed. I mean, he was in a one on four situation already and then clash wouldn't die. So, <laughs> um, it was the wrong shield fix though. They should have, they should work on shooting through shields. That's, oh man. I saw another one of those videos yesterday where mm-hmm. somebody like, 
walked in house house kids bedroom window that side window and he's like he's looking at a dock or something when he walks in he's like he's shooting at him behind his shield a blitz and he dies gets shot through a shield shows the the duck's kill cam and he is literally like facing the bed when he walks in the window and not facing yeah the operator. yeah yeah or no he's like facing the or other like, window yeah, facing the other way he's facing I think. the other direction yeah facing the nightstand it's yeah. like so stupid yep that's so frustrating for people who play shields. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard to play shields now. Like, well, I'm, the thing is like shields already are not as bulletproof. Like when, when you're the guy behind the shield, it does not feel as bulletproof as it does when you're the guy on the other side right. trying to shoot the shield. Right. Like it feels like, no, you're taking a lot more damage than you feel like you do as when you're shooting. But like that on top of it, where it's just like, it's unpredictable whether it's going to block anything at all. Like that just makes it where I, I wouldn't even want to play the game if I was a shield main. Yeah, it's hard to do shit. Every time I play Blitz, I'm like, I do not like this. This is just annoying. Yeah. I'm just always getting shot through my shield, I feel like. Let's do Operator Spotlights. Should we start with Maestro? Yeah. So Maestro, Maestro might be my favorite operator in Siege. Like it's between him, like probably Rook, Capitao, Thatcher. I mean, I I really I like almost every operator. Like I'll I play a lot of them. Um, I really like Fuse. I think Castle. Fuse is fun. Yeah, oh yeah, Castle's just Castle's just like stupid fun. Uh, but like Maestro is like he's good. He's useful. He like he always helps the team. And he's so fun to play. Like, I love Maestro. First of all, his LMG, the Alda, it's like, it might be the best gun on defense. It's pretty good. Okay, like, can you think of another gun? I mean, Jaeger's, uh, what's it called? 416 C Carbine or yeah, whatever. that's a great gun. But the Alda is, like, steadier than that. And I'm pretty sure it does more damage. And it has 80 rounds in that's the magazine. Thing. It's the rounds. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it when I pick when I'm playing Doc or Rook, sometimes I think about the P90 just because of the fact that it has more rounds in it. Right, like that's kind of huge, and and it has to do with the one shot headshot mechanic. Like sometimes damage, yeah, of course matters, but other times it's like, can I just spray for like, a yeah? Longer? Can I just have more rounds? Or especially yeah. if it, if you're gonna be shooting through walls and stuff, it's like I just want rounds to play around with. Yeah. You know, and not have to reload all the time. And then you get more because I think that right they give you like extra ammo is just by magazine. So mm-hmm. like if you have a fifty round magazine, you're gonna end up with way more bullets overall. Right. Um, I mean, and like when you use Hibana, like you notice that lack of ten yes, bullets. You really do. That's a big deal. Uh there's someone else that only has twenty. Oh, it's a Nomad. Her mm-hmm. um ARX, yes, whatever it's called. Yep. Only has twenty something rounds and it's very noticeable. Yep, and all the DMRs too, like especially Twitch. Twitch is yeah. uh, has eleven, I think. Huh? Yeah, it has eleven. What is that called? Uh, G seventeen. G seventeen. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so like eighty rounds. I it I can't tell you how many times eighty rounds has saved me in like a one v three situation. 
you know, especially with ACOG or, or like when, when time's running out and they're trying to push a last door, it's like, well, I'm just going to spray that door yep. until the I'm end of the round. Keep shooting through the door. And like, you're, you can't do anything about <laughs> it. Like there's been so many times it's one around for me. So that gun is amazing. Um, also I really, really love the Roman ballista skin on it. Okay. It's like, it's like a bronze skin. Like it, it looks like literally like bronze cast metal. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it just looks like ancient Roman stuff. Like it looks so good. It has like little like engravings on it. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's, I think it's the only weapon skin I've ever uh, bought. With real money? With, well, no I, guess, no, I guess that's not true. Uh, yeah, because I didn't buy it with real money. I bought it with credits. But it's, it's the only weapon skin I've, buy, I've bought in a long, long, long time. I used to buy a ton with credits before they started releasing new operators. Or it, I feel like you just got renowned more easily or operators. I don't well, know. Well, okay. There's a the few case. things that came together. One is they started doing alpha packs. So it became less, um, it made less sense to buy skins right. because you can win them in alpha packs. Uh, two, we were playing a lot more. And True. so we were always way ahead on the operator uh, renown that we needed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I like, I, I, I just had a, a bunch of extra renown because I bought the season pass this year. And so I was just like looking through, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy something from Maestro. Cause like, he doesn't really have anything that, that I've got. Um, and like his skins are actually really bad. His headgear and his, um, uniforms, there's nothing interesting there at all. So then I was looking, looking at his weapons cause I saw that thing. I was like, I have to have that. <laughs> the last time I thought that was with Thatcher's, uh, like Tron led helmet. Yeah. That thing's cool. Like, oh, that thing is so cool. But um, yeah, Roman Ballista Skin. You guys should check that out. Uh, okay, also, like, primarily I use that LMG almost all the time. And I use it usually with the um, the Bailiff, which is like the shotgun revolver, because that's amazing for, like, opening small holes. And it's just, like, it's just a fun, like, secondary weapon to have. Mm-hmm. But there's on a few sites, I'll switch to his shotgun uh, because that Blows thing, through walls. Yeah, like I, if you, if you haven't seen anybody use this before, you should just go play around with it because like you literally can rip up an entire wall in seconds. In seconds, and like what's great about it is like you could do the same thing with impacts or nitros or whatever. But with this, it if you just like just kind of spray down the whole wall, it's not going to make it a pass through wall. Like there's still going to be enough beams standing up that you're not going to be able to just run through it. And sometimes no. that's really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Like you want a see-through wall, but you don't necessarily you don't want, want make the attackers to run through it. Right. Um, so like on a few sites, I'll use that. So like on, uh, on consulate on the top floor objective in the console office and the, what's that called? The uh, conference room. We call it party room. It's the room with the flashing lights. I think it's conference room. I think it's conference room. <clears throat> but anyway, in the party room. So I'll that in the party room, I'll just open up that big wall that um goes like between the party room, yeah, and like the front desk on the top of the spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put both of my evil eyes on either side of that. So they have a great view on the balcony and I can alternate between them. Like if somebody's trying to play on the balcony, I can just alternate between evil eyes and like do a little ticky tack damage while like somebody else is like strafing on them and like trying to get damage in. Um, and just like, just hold, basically hold them. Right. Cause that's what I think evil eyes are great for. It's not necessarily that you're going to get kills or even do a lot of damage. It's just that you take people's attention and you force them to slow down. And in ranked time matters. Like time is a big, big deal in ranked. Um, so it's got a great view on that. It's got a great view on the door of the, uh, is that exit stairs or is that maintenance stairs? The yellow stairs or service, service stairs, service stairs. Yeah, it's got a great view on the door coming up from service stairs. 
um, on on either one because one of them looks is looking straight at it, and one of it, if you look straight to the left, then you're going to have sort of the side view on it. Hmm. And then with that big wall open, it's got two great views on spiral staircase where you can pressure anybody trying to come up there. And that one that's on the same wall as the door that goes to the to service stairs can uh-huh. kind of see down spiral staircase, can't it? Uh, right yeah, now. yeah, it can see like probably a quarter of the way down spiral staircase. It also sees all the way to the yellow stairs um, and into that little, that room with the table that has the security camera in it. It sees yeah. most of that Console room. office, I think. Uh, the console office is the actual room inside where the bomb is, isn't it? Oh, that's correct. Um, well, it's like reception, reception desk or something. or something. Something like that. Anyway, that, that room with the table that has the camera. And then the other one looks out onto uh, the soda machines. So mm-hmm. like you, you basically see the whole top floor, at least as what's important as far as the objectives. Right. And those are like the, the, the how do they get up? Right. You're coming through admin office. Right. Which is a huge thing. Like the higher you get up, admin office becomes like an essential part of consulate. Oh, 100 um, percent. Or they come up one of those staircases. They're going to come up service stairs. They're going to come up exit or yellow stairs. Right. Or it, it covers staircase. every single entry. And that's they're it, beautiful. Yeah. Every entry except for the actual windows. Um coming into that other side is it b or a? i never know which one's b and which one's a oh i never know either i think that i can't one ever is remember oh i don't even want to guess so the the actual console office is windows which i think though i think we could open walls to make that happen which i should do i should just open because there's always the rotation hole from that site into that like kind of uh, joiner room right i should just open another hole on the next wall and just be able to see all the way to the windows from from where you are from that evil eye Right, so like, so there's the evil eye that's on the same wall as the door coming up from service stairs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying to see those windows on? Yeah, we should just open objective. both those walls in that little like. Would you be able to see that because the door too much to the left? I don't know. Well, and that's what I'm saying. You you make a hole in the wall so that you is see. That, I don't think that wall is breakable. Is it not? I don't think so. I think that's a solid wall. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, or I guess I could even just place it a little bit differently. But like, but the point is. Opening up that whole big wall just like makes so many sight lines for this bulletproof camera that's sitting there. And if, you know, when people are trying to enter there, they're not focused on this camera. And so they're trying to like check all those angles that are already open. And then you're just like able to shoot them with some little, little bits of damage here and there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then I do a similar thing on Hereford basement. I bring that shotgun again and I open up, it'd be the east side of the base um, in the basement. So it's like sort of the, that like barrel yeah, room yep. and then the, the one that used to be the bomb site on old Hereford. Yes. Um, so I open up the wall that goes between those two rooms and then I'll just put a, like at the top of, cause there's like two tables you can climb up on and either objective. And I'll like at the very, very high, I'll put one that sort of is in, uh, the old bomb site and it can see through that broken wall now. And then the other one, at the back of the barrel room and it covers that whole thing where they always try to come in on that like sort of side single panel soft wall. Um, so that's just like always a hot spot of the map. So I've, I just love having those two cameras with overlapping views and then like a new open wall that they don't usually expect. Right. And then it's just like, I'm just have like these alternating amazing sight lines cameras. with maestro cameras. Yeah. It's so great. And maestro like, can hold like one whole side of the map while your other team can hold something else just with his cameras like he's not even in danger yeah it's just his cameras yep. that's like that's 100 percent what and i people love about are him. so silly with those stupid things oh, people like, are they'll dumb. spend so long just like looking at them like okay yes it's gonna do damage to you but five damage per tick like don't worry about it until it starts shooting at you right right and then it's a problem and then it's pretty easy to get when you start shooting right. them like especially if you're not really careful with it um 
so yeah, like people are dying. And granted, like we're not super high level. Uh, we're we're low gold, right? So, um, maybe it's different at higher levels. I'm sure it is. But like at our level, like I can burn so much time on those cameras, and it's so awesome. And it's it's a huge difference, like between he's one of those operators that becomes more viable in ranked play over uh, casual, just because oh, yeah. like in because casual, of the time. It's like you can you can waste a few minutes just sitting and looking at the stupid camera right. because of like, the time ugh. and because of choosing your objective because he's yeah. another one of those it's like like i think he's pretty good anywhere really but like there's certain objectives where he's way better than other objectives mm-hmm. i think that's with the most operators aside from the jaeger and um rook doc like some of your base game operators you can put pretty much anywhere right and, and that's why in casual you just see a lot of the same operators used over and over that's that's why mm-hmm. you see ash picked every time because ash is just a killer that you can use anywhere right you don't have to worry about where where they're going to be right yeah some of there's some operators on attacking that i'm like i kind of hope they're here because they've already played this objective and this is usually the next one to play and so i like purposefully pick glass and i'm like oh, dang it they're not there right. that sucks right yeah <laughs> that really sucks yeah um so yeah, so his shotgun's actually useful for a few things. And then he's got that other pistol, which is like really high damage and is like really accurate and does uh, has pretty good like uh, accuracy at range. And so that's a really a good like secondary if you are using the shotgun. Um, but the other spots where I really like him, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm probably like going way too much into detail with this because I just love Maestro. But the other spots where I really like him is um, on Oregon Basement, which is sort of the same story. I'll just like, I'll put um one maestro just like just to the side of the front door to cover that hatch and just like make sure that they can't breach that mm-hmm. and then i'll put the other one um inside the little uh stair hallway that goes down to the basement and so it can also see the hatch so i can switch between the two when they go plant their hibana charge or their thermite charge or whatever i can just take them out with my thing um and also just do damage to anybody who's just hanging out up there and then if they decide they're going to push down the stairs, now I've got an evil eye that's like behind them when they're pushing. So I'll let them push down to the corner where they're going to start getting into gunfights with somebody. And then I'll start hitting them with the evil eye. And it's like, you have to choose. Are you going to take five damage? Or are you going to like win that gunfight? Right. And the thing is with like the evil eyes is like, you're still, even if you're not shooting with them or using the utility part of it, you're still getting intel with oh, the evil yeah, eye. Great intel. Cause they can't so do anything like, about it. Right. And so it's like, why like you can still just sit there and let it just sit there don't use the utility and let them start like moving forward cautiously because like those stairs people are always going to go down those slow even if they join it out yeah they're still going to go down oh those yeah slow. Those, stairs, those stairs are so scary they, the worst well they're not the worst but they're scary to go down which is a good thing it's not it's not bad um and because of that they're going to take so long getting down there that once they're at the bottom they're like kind of down there already and you can just start you can do quite a bit of damage to them because they're yeah. down there and then they're like they don't want to turn and look at it because they're out in the open yep so it's like you got them in this like double-edged sword like what the freak do i do right right um and the other great spot is on border in the workshop objective um so what i'll do there is i'll, I'll usually put one in i think it's b that's like the tiny room that they always try to hop in the window and get a quick plant I'll put one just next to the window there because they always want to just get in and get a quick plant and jump back out. So when they're doing that, you're going to take, you know, 60 damage while you're planting if you're going to try that on me, you know. And then the other one I'll put in like, what's that other objective called that has a soda machine? But so it, there's like the showers, right? And it's the the room right next to that is the objective. I think it's armory. So Maybe that's upstairs storage or something. in that hallway that's got that sort of like diagonal door 
um, I'll just put it on the on the backside of that door, and so I can see if they're trying to breach from showers or if they're trying to breach that little like one panel next to the shower room, and I can stop that breach. Or like it just covers such a big area that they server need to room. rotate. It's not server room. Yes, it is. No downstairs. Yeah, yeah, server room. Server room, and then like the room's kind of split in half. It's called the workshop on the um, east side of it, and server room on the west side. No, that's not the room I'm talking about. You're talking about upstairs. So workshop is the objective that I use it on, but what's the objective next to that? Ventilation room. Nope. The other objective. Bathroom. Tellers. Tellers. That's the one. The one that we never play? Yeah. Okay. Tellers. Yeah. yeah. Tellers. Okay. Either way, I actually thought it was tellers. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. There's no teller machines there. Uh, why is it called tellers? I don't know. teller machine. <clears throat> anyway. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just like to cover that whole big, like, corner hallway where they like it covers a lot of sight lines so it's great um but meister is great i mean he like he gets intel he does like a little bits of damage gets tons of assists he's freaking amazing um he works so well with lesion and echo especially if you have both just like mm-hmm. the amount of time you can burn between a meister lesion and an echo especially if you have a couple roamers out as the other two guys like wow like you can do so yeah. much you really can um and also with the clash like he works great with the clash because you can like get clash on one side and and echoes uh evil eye on the other side and they have to choose who they're going to take damage from basically mm-hmm. and you know if you turn your back to clash he's just going to pull her gun out and kill you right so that's also awesome as far as balance on maestro i think he's like really solid yeah i think he's fine um i think the only thing that i would change is the fact that maverick can just like touch it with his blowtorch and yeah. it goes away yeah like i i'm fine with him being able to destroy it i just think it should be more than just a touch yeah so let, let me get to that in a second but like uh just as far as where he lands so he's at one percent above wind delta uh and just perfectly even on pick rate so like I, he to me he feels like one of those ops that's like he's good but not op and like not uh frustrating mm-hmm. right as long as you're not stupid as long as you're not stupid, he's not frustrating. I don't think he is. I haven't really been frustrated playing against a maestro. Well, you're not stupid. That's debatable. <laughs> but the people, the, literally the people <laughs> who like spend a minute and a half just like staring at my maestro oh cam my and trying gosh. to figure out what to do. I can't tell you how many games I've won on Oregon because I locked three people down with a maestro cam just spotting them. That and uh, Hereford base that one time. It was like they spent two and a half minutes of the stupid round. Oh, yeah. I, I literally told them. The like, after the round, I was like, guys... Maestro Cam only does five damage. You don't have to worry about it that much. And the next round, they did the same thing. <laughs> and I told them again. I'm I was pretty like, guys, seriously, Maestro Cams, don't worry about it. I can't remember. I think it was the same game where, like, on the offense, I just ran into that, like, the basement, the west side hallway that's outside. And they didn't reinforce that wall. And I just, like, ran and Echo was there, like, behind a shield and, like, one of the objectives. And I killed him. And I'm just, like, inside the objective. And it was, like, 20 seconds into the match. I was like, well, come on, let's go. <laughs> like, where are they all? It's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. It was not the smartest team. No, they, they were pretty bad. Um, Which is okay. I'd be happy to play against them again. Uh, if you look at the most picked um, attackers, here's who they are. Ash. Uh, what the heck is her name? Twitch. <laughs> I was looking at this icon. I could not <laughs> think of the name Twitch. I was going to say like Thatcher. Okay. Ash, Twitch. Then you got two Harbreachers, Thermite and Habana, Zofia, Sledge. So besides the two hard breachers, the other five are all people who are direct hard counters 
two maestro sledge ash twitch zofia maverick those are the five who can kill maestro's thing with their gadget mm-hmm. right and then and then behind that there's buck who's got frags uh iq had frags at that point or no well, i guess she didn't at this mm-hmm. point but um but yeah so so the point being i think that's why maestro ends up being balanced is because almost always there are one or maybe even two people on the attacking team who can pretty easily destroy his gadget. Right. Okay. Last thing I want to say about Maestro and then I'll tell one funny story and then we'll move on. Uh, So he's a one speed, which is really annoying because his secondary gadget options are shield and barbed wire. So I'm never a big fan of like, setting up the shield in a quarter and hiding behind it while I'm on my camera. That's a great giveaway for uh Capital yeah, to kill you. Yeah, it's it's so obvious, right? And like I don't know. I just don't think that's a great way to do it. Um I, I really prefer to either hide in just kind of a a good covered corner in the objective or like outside of the objective somewhere totally random. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's a great and sucky thing to do as my sure like hiding just somewhere like totally random because like if things get down to like, okay, we're in a pickle, like you have someone behind them, but then at the same time, it's like you have a three speed fat. A one speed. All right. Thank you. I always get it backwards. It's so hard to say I because always... it's one speed, three armor, three speed, one armor. Yeah. You have a one speed, slowest, fat guy that makes a ton of noise running towards them from behind. So right, it's like, right. it's great. But at the same time, it's like, I am oh, the loudest option possible right now. with an amazing gun. So true. It, sometimes it works out. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, um, I want them to face me when I shoot them with this thing. Yes. Please look at me. Please peek me. I want it to be at least fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like being a one speed can be seriously problematic. Like, so basically you're going to be using barbed wire, at least I am. And like, so now I've got to put two reinforcements two barbed wire place my evil eyes, which usually I'm not placing like right in the objective. I usually tend to place them like somewhat outside, you know, and then I've got to go find a place to hide. So it's like, there's way too much to do for that guy. And I'm always not finished. Um, by the time yeah. they're, they're coming. And I, I would really like to have him be a two speed. Although I don't think they would do that because I think that would throw off his balance. Yeah. I think he's good where he is. It just, there's, there's a lot to do for there's him. There's a lot to do, which like is another great case for, let's pool the reinforcements for the whole team. Like we talked about last week. Right. Um, okay. And then the funny story. So um, there's this thing we did once that worked really well. It was so funny. So on uh Villa in the aviation room, we're defending and I went, I always do the same evil eye. This is another one where I have great evil eyes. And so like, I always do this evil eye that's in that, uh, is it like a fireplace room? What is that room called? Steady study or something. So, the room that there's like the balcony that comes in onto the door. And then there's that, like, I think there's like a, there's some couches in there. I think there's a fireplace um, and there's a hatch. And then it goes, the next door is into the aviation room or the other door goes out to the hallway where there's the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll always put it uh, just above the hatch so that I can see them as they walk in that balcony door. I can see down the hallway to the stairs. And I can also see if I look right, I can see the other hallway from at the top of the other stairs. Um, and so what we did one time was, um, so like, I think, I think the round before a sledge had come over and like smashed my camera. And so I was like, okay, Chris, I got this plan. Okay. So we, we put the evil eye there, we broke the hatch and then right below the hatch, we put a frost trap. <laughs> so sledge comes in and very predictably, like I purposely was like shooting at him to get his attention. He runs over to smash me and just falls down the hatch. Can't smash me because he <laughs> 
fell, hits the frost trap, and then Chris waits for another teammate to come down and <laughs> revive him, and he gets a 2K for it. It's pretty funny. Which was, it was so good. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, let's plan this out, and then it just worked it just flawlessly. Worked. It should not have. It was so funny. Oh, it was great. So, so funny. Okay, so that's all I have to say. Uh, no, let me correct that. That is not all I have to say, Maestro. I could talk about Maestro for a long time. But that's all I will say about Maestro on this podcast. Let's move on to our boy, Jekyll. Siempre dejan algo atrás. Okay, so Jekyll is has become and i am so sad that stats are not updating this season because i was so excited to see what my win loss rate was for jackal so i started playing him this season um and i just i like loved playing him i will say this about jackal um before getting into him too much is he's broken to like a, he's a game breaking operator to the I fact feel that, that like too so he i wouldn't say he's overpowered at all or no, like agreed really unbalanced but just the fact that like he can do something where there's nothing you could have done to stop that. Yep. Like he can scan your footprints from ninety seconds ago. Yes. Like after you reinforce the hatch upstairs, like in your dock and you're an objective now for like half the round. He then he can still scan your footprints. Like yep. that's ridiculous. Yeah. And you're getting pinged for twenty seconds every five seconds. Like mm-hmm. that does suck. <laughs> yeah, that sucks a lot. It only had to happen once to me where I was Echo and like I I ran out to get a hatch or something. Like I, I ran out somewhere. And then I went to go hide in kind of a weird place and we're like a minute into the round and I get scanned by Jackal and I have to get off my drone and, and find like a place to hide or something. And it's like, this is so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't do anything wrong to like trigger this. This is just stupid. Right. And the thing is too, is it's like the response to that is like, well, just stay an objective. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like just stay an objective. Lion, just stand these- still. Any of these, like, I mean, people's biggest problem with Lion is single button push to, like, give your team a ton of intel that they have no business getting, right? right. And so it's the same thing with Jokabee. It's a single button push that's no risk that, like, triggers stuff for the enemy team. It's, like, stupid. And Jackal's the same way. Like, it's a little mm-hmm. bit better because he does have to find footprints and he has to look at him, like, stare at the ground for a little bit to, to activate it. And it's only one person. But that being said, like, it's... I, I like like you say he's not OP, but it just feels breaking the flow of the game. Right. Um. It's just it it's that way. Okay, moving on to just Jackal. So his guns, he's got the PDW and the C seventy are the two main. You have that those assault rifles, and you also have. I guess PDW is not really an assault rifle. Is it considered an assault rifle? Pressure mm, Well, it's an SMG, I think um and then you have the shotgun um i used to love the pd so we had a listener question three or four weeks ago about jackal and this is this is actually what got me playing jackal so thank you for doing that and asking that because i have loved jackal since then um they asked if the c70 was a good assault rifle and we were our answer basically was like, yes, it's good, it's great, but the PDW is so much better. Mm-hmm. I have kind of gone back on that answer now that I played him more. I think the C70 is like so much better than the PDW. It is just like it's stable and it's so powerful. Like rate of fire 800 standard damage is 46 That's damage high. on it, like very high compared to the PDW, where the rate of fire is the same, but the standard damage is 12 damage below the other one. Yeah. So it's like with the rate of fire is the same. Yeah, 
Really? Yeah. Are you sure that's accurate? It's possible that it's not Does accurate. Does it feel like it's the same rate of fire? I think it is. Yeah. Huh. That's surprising. Um, the difference is the magazine size, right. which is why I loved the PDW, just because I had so many rounds in uh-huh. it. It's 50, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the thing with the PDW is every time you reload the stupid gun, like, so every gun has something where, like, the reload time is long or whatever, however they do it. But they usually do it where, like, the operator puts it in and then he, like, smacks it or, like, he smacks the gun or something. With Jackal's PDW, he, like, oh, it's so it's just, like, frustrating. He just slow. can't, no, he can't put it in the stupid hole. Like, that's what she said. He, like, he puts it in sideways, and he, like, takes forever to, like, tilt it and put it up. It's like, oh, just stick it in the hole and then hit it or something. Like, I hate the animation. And it bugs me so much every time I watch it. I'm just like, I, for that reason, I changed with the C70 because I was like, I'm so sick of watching him, like, not be able to freaking put the magazine inside of the, like, slot for it that I just decided to change to the this C70. This is the most Chris thing you've ever said on the podcast. And so... <laughs> I switched to the C70, and since then, I've been like, this gun is amazing. Like, it just, I mean, that's, that's, like, two shots to the chest almost, and someone's almost dead. Yeah. Like, oh, the thing's really good. And I've, I've had, like, multiple rounds where, like, I just ripped through, like, three people in just a couple of seconds, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this gun. Yeah. This gun is amazing. Um, so I, I've gone back on kind of what I said about that. I think the C70 is actually the better assault rifle. It's 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 a great gun. It really is a good gun. So it would you say me. it's like one of the best assault rifles? Maybe. I actually might say that. Better I'm trying to think of something I like more. I think it might be one of my favorites. Interesting. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I, I agree. Like the, the again, like I didn't have enough experience on it to like have a great opinion on it, but I definitely thought it was good when I used it. Yeah. Just for the C seven E the damage per second is six hundred thirteen damage per second. Like that's a lot. Like compared to the SMG. I mean obviously those are SMGs, but those that we were just looking at, like that's two hundred damage more per second that his gun does. Yeah, that's crazy. That's scary to be on the other end of. It's significant. And in contrast with his um what's the thing called the PDW? In contrast with that, like it's significantly higher because the damage is twelve higher. The, PDW does 453 damage per second. So the damage per second is higher, just the PDW has a higher magazine size. Um, so Jackal, he is one of those operators that you can use almost almost anywhere on almost any map. My favorite maps are the ones that are bigger, like Villa or um Skyscraper or the new what's the Fortress. Just because like on big maps like that, you can hunt roamers down pretty well. Because uh-huh. like them getting back to the objective, like there's usually kind of two halves to a map sometimes it's like <laughs> usually sometimes <laughs> i said usually and then i thought about a lot of the maps like okay not usually but sometimes there's like the two halves of a map where it's like there's only a couple of hallways they can get down to get yeah, to the other sort half of seal them off into so one side like, yeah let's kill this guy like, let's hunt this person down the thing that sucks with jackal is you have your stupid cavera which like you can you can so footprints for jackal are different for different operators there's four sets of footprints and each footprint is like Five operators have this footprint, and another like six operators have this what this footprint looks like. The one that Cavera has, there's like thirteen operators that have the same footprint as Cavera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like frustrating. So it's like, oh, I see that one. That one could be Cavera, but it could also be Bandit and Valkyrie and this person, this person, this person. Yeah. I don't know if those two are right. Um but it's like it's hard and that's a good thing because you don't want to know when it's Cavera Cavera, because when you scan Cavera's footprint, she can use silent step and you won't get the pings for her. Mm-hmm. So once her silent step expires, you'll still get the pings. But if she's using it, 
her footprints won't be found on the ground. Like her old ones will be found, but while she's in silence at the footprints she's making won't be seen with Jekyll's yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and then she it, won't be pinged. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is super frustrating. Well, the first thing, the first time it happened to me, I was like so confused. I was like, wait, I thought I scanned it. So I scanned it again. So I used two and I didn't even understand like the three bars were like three scans. Like I, I just didn't know that's what it yeah. was. And then like I wasted all my scans on it. Cause I was like so confused. Like why did that not work? Like why did that not? I, I was just like mad. I was like Jackal's so stupid. Like I didn't even would like he's broken. Won't scan footprints. It's like how am I supposed to know that? Yeah. Like I finally figured it out. I think I like was watching a video on Jackal because I was like, okay, there's stuff that I don't know. And after watching the video, it's like, okay, like now Jackal makes way more sense to me. But like, right? It's weird that you have to go outside of the game, right? Just to get the basic understanding of how the operator works. Exactly. Like, and it's frustrating that you have. And this is side note from Jackal, but it's frustrating that you have to do that. Yeah, like it's, it's it's almost like they should have a situation for each um, operator that's introduced, or something that just like when you buy the operator, it just shows you like, or like an operator tutorial. Like it doesn't even have to do a situation, just like a tutorial where it just shows like a screen of his thing and it has like like you see like when you buy anything, it will have like a diagram of the thing and what every little part of it is that mm-hmm. you don't care about at all. It's like okay, mm-hmm. I don't really care. But like with operators in Siege, it would be so nice for it to say like this is the display for his equinox or for his um equinox. That's what it's called. I don't know. No. For his um. I don't know. We're better remembering names of things. <laughs> this is the display for Jackal's utility, and then like these are the number of scans that Jackal has remaining. This is where you can find when the scan's gonna next ping the enemy, yeah. like stuff like that, and then like notes like on the next page. When skinning Cavera, X happens. Or when Cavera is using silence, this happens. When you're next to a mute jammer, you can't scan. Right. Like this stuff brings like me that. back to loading screen tips. Yeah, there you go. Like, loading screen tips. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we should have this too, right? For each operator, when you go to that operator's screen in the game, or like it should have some kind of breakdown of how they work. There's tons of games that do things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you like get a new item or whatever, what you know. And like, and I still think that like a situation for each operator would be super cool. Yeah, like, it would be. It'd be, it'd be a cool. little new gameplay thing that would be introduced, and it'd be a great way to teach people how to use them. Um, but yeah, like loading screen tips just in general would cover a lot of like really great stuff that that you wouldn't really know otherwise. Right. So with Jackal, it, it's an operator that you have to learn. You almost have to watch like a separate video because of that, just to understand exactly how it works. Um, and he's countered by like a bunch of different random things like Cavera's thing mute jammer is the biggest one like if you're anywhere near a mute jammer like you don't even have to be close enough where like a breaching charge wouldn't go off it's just like anywhere remotely close to the thing you can't see with your scanner or like you can't scan footprints like you can see through it but you can tell it's like messed up a little bit and you can't scan footprints and it's really annoying because it's like where why can i not scan footprints and where the freaks this mute jammer like it's i'm not even close to it and you finally say and like seriously that thing all the way over there that like router over there is stopping me. Yeah, it's pushing routers. Up my scanning ability. I hate routers. Connect to it. Yeah. Um, Wi-Fi in. And then you also have like, while it's down, just another thing that they could talk about. If you get shot while it's down, it like has this like scan like haze effect, like a um, like a pixelation effect. What's that like a? Like if you get wait what? While you have the scanner down, you get shot. While you have it down, it has like a the screen splits. If you get shot while you have like while you have your HUD on, like Uh your goggles on, yeah, like screen tearing is that that's called? I guess I don't I don't think I've ever seen it. 
anyway, when you get shot by it, it has like this pixelation effect on his HUD, and it's like kind of hard to see when you're getting shot when you have it down. So don't have it down like all the time. Like it's useful to use, but like when you think you're gonna get into a gunfight, pull it up. Yeah, there's no reason to have it down. Yeah, you should be switching on and off as you go. Um, another thing with Jackal is like, and I've had to learn this off playing him is you can't get too distracted on trying to scan footprints. Right. Like especially when you're getting down to like a two v four situation. Like sometimes you just gotta go. Like yeah, you see the footprints. But you just got to go. And especially like footprints will be different colors, right? For Jackal. So from like zero to 20 seconds, they'll be red. From 20 to 60, it's like a um, orange color. Six. Hold on. Isn't it like red, orange, 20, yellow? Red, orange, yellow, blue. So from, I think from 60 green? to 90. Doesn't it need to get to green too? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue? Yeah. How does it work? I can't remember how it works. I think it's every 20 seconds. No. No. It's not. Or somewhere close to that. I think no? 60 seconds is when it turns blue and then it stays blue until 90 where it disappears. Red is zero seconds. Anyway, anyway like, you can look this up. Yes, you can. You can look at the footprint colors. But basically, if it's not red, that operator can almost be anywhere at that point. Like that's It's been, I think it's 20 seconds. It's been since the time it's red. It's like, okay, so right. they can be anywhere. Right. 20 seconds is a long time in Siege. Um. So if it's red, like, yeah, maybe worry about it and, like, kind of see where they're going and you might want to take care of that. But, like, other than that, just do what you need to do. to Right. You, you, it's one of those things where, like, you can screw yourself over with time management as Jekyll mm-hmm. if you get too tied up on that stuff. Yeah, and you can, like, get yourself killed. Like, it's 2v4. That's when they start getting really aggressive and you're sitting there trying to scan a stupid footprint. Like, right. And how much is it going to help you if it ends up being someone that's already just gone back to objective and sitting yeah, in objective now? Yeah, being smart like oh let's not be aggressive let's just sit in objective and they have to come here let's yeah. make them come to us that's your problem with them because a lot of people will get really distracted by that and you get you done get dead with jackal you done um, goofed you done goofed none goof buddy um but i mean jackal's just great he's a good operator he's so fun to play because it's like you scan someone and like you can just hunt people down yeah he's one of those operators that's super nice to have on your team Mm-hmm. It's like I don't really like playing him that much, but like when he's on my team, I'm like great, like oh, this is nice. we're gonna get warnings of roamers and we're gonna like get random pings of people's location and people's like somebody's entire round is gonna be screwed up because Jackal tracks them for the entire round. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like sucks. Um, and you pair him with like Dokubi and Lion, and it's so awful. I do love playing Dokubi when you're playing Jackal. It's the worst thing ever. It's like so if you have it done to you, your life sucks. Like you have lions scanning you, but then you can't stand still because jackals pinging you, and then your phone's ringing all at the same time. And it's like, what do I do? <laughs> what the freak do I do? Yeah, I need to mute jammer right now, <laughs> right here. <laughs> Keep me safe, because um, it's just annoying. Yeah, don't move, don't stand still. Like <laughs> don't. <laughs> you don't answer your phone. Also, you have to answer your phone. Answer your phone. <laughs> but you can't. Put your gun away because you're going to get shot at for sure because you can't move and you can't stand still. Yeah, it's... Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's awful. It really sucks. Um, but yeah, my, my... Basically how I play Jackal, I never take the bomb. Oh, first of all, we always play bomb. We never play anything else because I think bomb is the most fun game mode to play. Um, but I never take the bomb as Jackal because I'm always on the other side of the map looking for footprints, looking for roamers. Yeah. Getting that first kill to start the game as a 5v4. Um, Pro tip I, Before you pick up the bomb Think about what you're going to be doing in that round Yeah Because you glass players Pick up the bomb I swear I'm going to ring your Or Montaine People will yeah, all the time Why does like, Montaine okay, want the bomb? bomb? I'm Montaine It's like no 
What are you You're doing? the person supposed to be standing in front of me while I plant. I mean, I guess like if it's a Montaigne who's soloing and doesn't trust his teammates, then it makes sense because he can just take it and just drop it behind him when he's ready for you to plant yeah. it. That kind of makes sense. But I mean, I'll work with you. Just let me have the bomb. Yeah. Um, and it's not the bomb. It's the diffuser. One of those things. But then, yeah. It's, it's impossible to come off of that Counter-Strike and yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah, uh, where you carry the bomb. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just why they had to be different. I think because the terrorists are supposed to be the defenders. Yeah. So like you're defusing the thing, but it's just like why can't it just be like a a thing that the terrorists planted that we have to blow up? Like, yeah. There you go. Also, it's way more fun when the bomb goes off and then like everything explodes. And everything explodes. Everybody dies. And people die. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It's fun. Um. Yeah, that's a real thing. Like Kara Strike, you have to like if you have a good gun, you have to like run away from the bomb. So you yeah. don't die. Yeah. Like Same. I end. mean, and in Call of Duty, you don't save guns or anything, but you like, you'll, you'll log a kill yeah. and you'll, you know, if, if you catch somebody with the bomb. So like, yeah. it's kind of fun. Yeah. I wish you would do it in Siege. You just get gassed if you're on site and the thing doesn't get diffused. That'd be cool. You should get gassed. Also, what you should be able to do still is kill our teammates after the round ends. Yes. Oh my gosh. Please. Why did they take that out? <laughs> it's, well, I, I'm pretty sure they took it out because oh, I know why they took it out, but it's stupid. The team killing thing in it. Probably. It used to be the classic Halo thing, right? At the end of every single Halo game, right? Everybody just turns around and starts killing their team. And they used to be exactly the same thing. At the end of every siege round, you start shooting your team and nitroing your team and stuff, and you'd be able to kill them. It didn't count as a kill. That's the thing. Yeah, it never it counted fine. as kills. But then they introduced the, the team kill penalties, and uh, uh, from, I think from what we gathered, it seems like... There was you, problem, because we never saw it in-game, because they I think released we did at the same time. I think no. we saw it in the technical test server or something. There wasn't technical test at the time. No, like the technical test, like pre, pre-release pre technical test. Do you remember well, this? No, because they didn't have, they took it out. So when they took out team killing after the round ends, they also implemented team killing kicks. It was the same exact time. And then we just decided like, oh, it was probably because there were problems where they couldn't differentiate. I, th- I thought I remember like people actually getting punished for those. Maybe. I think it happened to me. I think like one time I got punished for team killing after the round and I was like, oh, that's dumb. And then like pretty soon after they just removed... They turned yeah. off damage after the round. Yeah. Anyway. Also, this thing happens after every round that's so annoying. I hate it. You know what I'm oh, talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. You just, everything stops. Yep. Like you're shooting someone and then the round ends. You just go back from ADS and you like stop moving. Everything stops and you can start moving again. Yeah. It's like just a split second where it kills all your controls. Yeah. You're running and you have to take your finger off the key and push it again if you want to move again. Also, the same thing when you get downed, which is so oh annoying. When you get downed and you're holding backward or something because you were already moving backward and then you get down and you don't move and you have to take your finger off the key and hit it again. Like I have to remember that every time and it's yeah. so stupid. It is very annoying. I hate that. I hate it so much. Um... Also, this is probably a good thing, but it's different from most video games. When you like fall down something, you just fall straight down. Like you're moving all your momentum just disappears yeah, and you just go weird. straight down. It's that's very weird. weird. Like you hit a hatch and you don't you don't continue your momentum to the middle of the hatch. You just drop right on the edge where you ran yeah. off. It's very weird. You just move straight down. It's strange. Um anyway, random things about siege that are weird. But that one does bug me. The like end of round where you just stop and everything like stops yeah, for a second and you it go bugs again. Me. Anyway. Back to Jackal, like we were talking about. Um, but anyway, that's what I... So I don't take the bomb. I start on like the other side of the objective, and I just kind of work my way in, and I end up being like... I either end up killing someone, or at least I'm in a good spot when we're starting to like get a plant or something. Like, I'm in a good spot with a good gun. Um, and it's just nice to be there. Anything else on Jackal Boy? Um, 
So there are things I would change with Jackal. I think like, so they increase the range of which you can scan footprints, which is nice playing Jackal. But when you're not playing Jackal, it's kind of stupid. Like, and he's one of the, so you compare him to like IQ or Dokabi, where like when Dokabi scans a phone, she like pulls out a scanner and like has to hack it, right? Mm-hmm. Or when she calls someone, she has to like pull out a thing and has to hack it. IQ has to pull out her pistol to pull out her like IQ scanner. Mm-hmm. But Jackal, like he can scan things with his gun like still out he can like have his scanner down with his main weapon still out and i don't think it should be that way like i like the time that it takes to scan stuff but i think you should be pretty vulnerable when you have the visor down i don't think i'd agree with that because so the difference with iq is that it doesn't take up her whole screen for one thing mm-hmm. it's like a it's a small scale yeah thing whereas jackal like your whole vision's kind of obscured a little bit i mean it's not that it's big not that deal bad, it's just a purple it's like just, hue yeah, it's purple but but like i i like i don't really like to run around with it on because i, I feel like i can't see as well yeah. um and then when you are scanning like it's not like like you can just like look up and shoot somebody super easy because you're looking at the ground so i think it's like when you're yeah, actually using it i feel like it's it's not a problem I just think like being able to see someone's footprints, like while you're like not, you're not scanning them, but you're just following footprints around and having your sword rifle out at the same time. is kind of like, I can see like IQ, you can see gadgets like behind walls and stuff. Right. But like him, you can see their foot, like you can see where they're going. But that's like his whole game, right? That's the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing is that he's a hunter and that's what he can do. I think if you took that away, then like, you'd be like, well, what's, why am I even doing this? Well, still you can follow someone. You can still kill them. Yeah. But you got to have your secondary out. Yeah. I think that's stupid. It's not that hard. It's the okay. same as like IQ Pulse. He has to have like the scanner in front of his face. He can't have like an assault rifle out at the same time. Right. But his is different because it's live data. Well, footprints are live. No, it's not. I mean, they're like, are I guess they're back. By like, you can follow them like, around a corner. You can like figure out where they're going. Sure. But it's not real time. It's you're, you're chasing history and trying to yeah. find them. Versus I guess Pulse so. is like live updates. I guess so. I just think like he's, he didn't need the, buff that he received in the first place with the distance scanning yeah and then i think like he's he's i don't i don't ever feel like i'm vulnerable as him like i will i will play the round sometimes with this scanner down for a majority of the round yeah like because i just don't i don't think it's as big of a deal and i like to be able to see the footprints and there's no i don't feel like there's enough of a like other than being shot and having like a screen tear go across the screen that's not too bad but it is annoying there's like no punishment to having it down pretty much yeah, well, I think that's fine though. Like, I just, I just don't think it's a problem that. Uh, I mean, again, like he's not OP. I just right. think it's silly that he can. Yeah, walk I mean, you played it more than I have, so I mean, that's really fair if that's your opinion. Anyway, that's my, that's my jackal. He's fun. Sweet. So, if you have any requests for who you'd like us to do in the spotlight on next, go ahead and um, submit those. You can submit them on Discord through the feedback uh, channel or on Twitter at r six unrenowned or whatever you want. Um, we've already done Rook, Doc, Thatcher, Sledge, now Jackal, and Maestro. So anybody else, feel free to request, and we will do them next. Okay, um, coming on to listener questions. So we don't have any on Twitter this week, but you're welcome to continue asking on Twitter if you have questions. And for some reason, you're not in the Discord. You are a silly person, but you can ask us on Twitter at r6unrenowned. Let's go into... Oh, wait. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll just do questions first and then we'll come back and finish with Reddit posts. Holy cow, this is going to be a long podcast. Let's get to work. Okay, so listener questions. So Steel Switch typed a big long paragraph, but basically the 
the gist of the question is what if there was um, a sort of similar to Call of Duty's last stand perk where you could pull out your pistol um, when you're downed and be able to shoot back. And so he's saying it would be an option where when you get down, you can push an action button to pull out your pistol and your, your blood loss would accelerate, but you would be able to shoot back at people. What do you think, Chris? I've always hated the last down perk in Call of Duty. I'm with you. Um, I don't think yeah. I'd like it anymore in Siege. Yeah, last stand in Call of Duty was so annoying. I, the problem there was that you never knew whether or not somebody would have it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in like, if you knew that everybody had the ability, maybe it'd be different. Um, well, and you'd only you would never go down in Call of Duty unless you had the last stand perk, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah think there you... was no DBNO. Yeah. So yeah, so that that too was frustrating because like you shoot somebody and like they should be dead and they fall down and then you're like, oh crap, they did a different animation. I have to like refocus on them. Mm-hmm. And then they have the freaking deagle and just like. Whereas like Siege would be even worse. It'd be like, okay, everybody falls down like that, but I never know if they're gonna. You never know if they're gonna shoot back. That's true. Uh, yeah. So he then he followed up with actually maybe it should be a single operator that has this ability and that I think is kind of interesting. So like Doc can get himself up and that's like a different thing mm-hmm. as um, when he gets down. And then Sophia has the thing where she can do last stand. Right. Right. Revive they're herself. the only two that have anything different about when they're downed. And that's, I think, another um, element of the game that they haven't really played with too much. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be interesting if somebody had that. There's an operator that could pull out a pistol. Right. You'd have to be careful with what their sidearms were. I think mm-hmm. like you wouldn't be able to do these like super awesome sidearms that all these new operators have been getting. Right. Like little SMGs and like automatic pistols and shotguns. 44 like, Magnum. No, it's going to have to be a, like a single shot. Just regular like 1911. Kind of like a, yeah, a USP pistol. type of thing. Like a, just a, uh, like a nine millimeter or a, a, a small caliber, like low damage pistol. Um, we're not getting 45 pistols doing this. I don't think, you know, no, um, I, and the thing is too, if you only had one, if you had an operator specifically that would do it, it would be different because it's like, okay, you down them, but you know, that operator right. does this every single time. Yeah. So, you know, you have to focus on them. It would, it'd be hard to break that habit and siege where like when there's multiple people, if you down someone, you don't like keep shooting them until they die. You just like, okay, I downed him. He's not a problem. Now let's shoot this guy. Yeah, I could be like, okay, I down him, but he's still a problem. Like, yeah. I have to kill this guy now. But yeah, got to be careful. Um, so if it was uh, like an, like I don't think this would be one operator's like entire thing. I think it'd be like no, it'd an be addition. Like a thing where it's just like right. Would you say this. that they bleed out faster? Or would it I mean, if they're be... not holding their blood, then yeah, they're bleeding yeah. out at the speed of not holding your blood. Um, I think too. Like, I mean, how often is it even that you can get revived after you get downed? Like if you're not, if it's not pro league, cause pro league, they don't get points for downing you. So they don't know that you're injured. So like, it, yeah, when you injure someone, you always are going for that kill or like you see people get injured. You, you, they're dead right away pretty much all the time. Right. And especially if you know they're a threat, like when it's doc, when you down doc, you know that you need yeah. to finish him. Right. Um, um so it'd work like if like you get down, you're behind a desk or something or like the occasional time where you get down and they're shooting at someone else. But it's not like, I think it would be fine if it was just one operator. Cause it's not like. Yeah, I think you'd have to be really careful with the animation too. Like, you shouldn't be able to just like string your regular shooting into shooting from the ground. No, like, that was yeah. the part of the problem with Last Stand is like it was like an instant animation. There was like no like frames between like yeah, it was getting like shot shooting you. Know, it's like all of a sudden, down his pistols out and he's still shooting you. Yeah, like he just teleports to the ground basically, and he's shooting at you with a like a deal, and it's like yeah. well, that's stupid. Yeah. 
Um, so like you'd, you'd have to have like a really careful animation there and like uh, just the right amount of delay where it feels like it's useful, but also it doesn't feel like it's stupid when you're the guy shooting him. Right. I was going to say, well, there's two <laughs> things I was going to say. First one is I feel like they're pretty good at having that like, like Doc, he doesn't just go down and pull out a stim pistol right away and revive himself and he's back up. Like he gets down and then he pulls it out and revives himself and you can do it kind of fast, but it's not like immediate, right? Um, so I feel like they're kind of good at that, especially because when you get down, you have to take your freaking finger off a key to move yeah. again. So that's <laughs> so fine. So annoying. Um, but I was going to say that made me think about Doc for a quick second. When you're Doc and you are trying to, sh- so when you're, when you're alive as Doc, not downed, and you're just trying to heal yourself, if you reload this stim pistol and try to heal yourself, you can jam your like primary gadget button and it takes like a good like one or two seconds before he like will inject himself. However, Right after you reload it, you can shoot someone else like immediately. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I don't know why it does that. I don't know, but it's very annoying because it's like I'm jamming the freaking button and it won't do anything, but I can shoot someone else with it just fine, like right away. Like I can shoot the enemy and help them. Yeah, that's strange. I can't shoot myself. Anyway, Doc. Yeah. Back to the question. I think it would be interesting if there I, was I think it, an yeah, operator with it. Definitely not a mechanic on everybody, but no. as an operator that could do it, as long as their other utility wasn't too good and they had a um a balanced sidearm for it, then I think it'd be good. Yeah. Next question. This one comes from Wulkiora. He says, to go along with taking a few months off of new ops to fix issues that are needed, I have a question. What if they copied the same mentality that happened when they did Operation Health? Even though that was a shorter time frame, they didn't do a map for Ella and Zofia's, which I'm sure freed up time, and they said themselves they have ops in the fridge that they have worked on for some time already. So my question is, if they go with six months with that operators and fix most major issues, as you were talking about on the podcast, what if they did the same thing they did with Ella and Zofia, where they released them at different time at a different time of the year? For example, the first six months they do fixes, and the next two seasons they can do one map, one rework, and four ops. I love personally when I got three ops with Legion, Ying, and Ella together. I got three ops with Legion, Ying, and Ella together, and didn't even blink an eye that three months went by without an operator. Um, so I did not know that was a thing because I was gone during that time. Yeah. So Operation Health, basically the idea was there's some major problems with uh, netcode. So there were two Operation Healths. Just one. Because there was one a long, long time ago in the fir- when the game first launched. It was like one of the first call patches was called like Health or something. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Fact check that. Okay. Uh, later. But yeah, Operation Health, basically they skipped a season. They didn't do a map. Uh, but was that when they did a, I think they did a bunch of map buffs on that one. I could be wrong, but, um, there's the only map buffs that have been clubhouse. Well, there's, there were a bunch of like kind of smaller ones before that, before they like termed it, like fixes to like spot and stuff. We have done research and found about the map buff thing. So they, Oh yeah. They did say that they wanted to do it every season, but then it wasn't like a for sure commitment that they're going to. They said yeah. they're going to release it when it's ready. It was the target but, is to do one every season, but you know, at, as it's ready. Which we know that means for them that it won't be every and season. And then didn't we have a confirmation that cafes on the works? Yes. So that's cool. I'm looking forward to a cafe buff because mm-hmm. I really like cafe as it is. Um, but yeah, so so they basically skipped a whole season. Ellen Zofia came out with the uh, two operators for the next so there was two operators for the next season and then i think Zofia was first and then two operators for the season after that and ella came out um so yeah i think i think it's 
dangerous to go too long without new content. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't think that there are as significant issues as there were around the time of Operation Health. I think overall, the game is actually pretty healthy aside from like a few things. But all that said, I do think it would be good for them to slow down and just take a minute to fix things like the shields and like, what are some of the other things we've complained about? Um, I can never think of them off the top of my head. A lot of quality of like, life changes yeah, that could happen. Um, the, the hit reg stuff could be improved a little bit more. I don't know what they would need to do there or whatever. Um, but like, I think if they, if they paired that with like a map, a map buff or two, you know, and, um, and like get some new content out there, but maybe just not as much, or even if they just, if they still did operators, but they didn't do a map or something. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine. I would be fine with going once another season and doing another Operation Health and just... Oh, personally, I'd be totally fine with it. Like, I don't really need new stuff. I'm fine. Like, I just love Siege. I'll just play Siege as it is till the day I die, and I would have done that without any DLC at all. You know? Like, (laughs) it's fine. But I don't think the rest of the community thinks about it the same way. And, like, I know that our, our whole group of friends that actually play Siege, like our IRL friends, they come back when there's new stuff. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah exactly how it works and that's most people they come back when there's new stuff at the same time you can get people to come back just by doing a bunch of quality of life changes that's true making the game better uh well see here's the thing though it's like the people like my like our irl friends that we're talking about they don't even notice that stuff they don't notice the reg issues they don't notice like like sometimes I'll be like, man, I got shot shot through my shield or whatever. But it's like they play so little that it's one round out of a whole night that they play, and mm-hmm. it's not they're not going to see it again before the end of the season, you know. So they those people, the people who are dropping off when stuff isn't new, at least like a good portion of them, they're not even noticing Operation Health stuff, right? So that's where it gets a little tricky. Is like you're you're keeping from losing the people who are really into the game that are getting frustrated with stuff. But you're also risking losing your more casual audience, which is going to be the bigger portion of the audience. Exactly. So I like I'd be fine with it either way. Like just just keep making siege better. Yeah. I as long as like if we get along with a season, quality of life changes and other things to the game, which this one was weak in what we've already discussed, like there wasn't much other than the new stuff. Yeah, this this last patch was pretty weak. And I was like very kind of bummed to see. Yeah, like, I was a little sad. Well, I was waiting for casual to be uh, buffed really to be like ranked. And I, I thought like for sure there was gonna be something coming just because they'd had like mentioned it like as a thing like oh yeah we agree like this is <laughs> yeah, the problem. You were so excited about that. Like, oh that my little gosh, meaningless we agree comment it's to happening. your to your question. Um, can I happen. make one little gripe? No. The, oh, sorry. Please? Yes. Okay. Uh, the phrase quality of life, I think I think it's a bad phrase. Like, I, I totally get what it means, but, like, it makes the issues seem bigger than they are. Like, oh, this is going to improve your quality of life. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, like, fixing the store is not going to improve my quality of life. And framing the issues as that, I think, is, like subconsciously just like blowing them up to bigger than they are. So I would propose that we use something like quality of experience or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's affecting my experience with the game. It's not affecting my life. 
Okay. Like it's like people, if, if this is a major quality of life issue for you, then that's a problem. Right. It's just a little thing. Like language is really important to me, more important than it should be, but like, it's just a little thing. Okay. Another question from Ulcoria. Ulcoria. Uh, last podcast you were talking about giving 10 reinforcements so anchors could set up site and then we talked about the problems with that basically his idea is um, what if they were like in outbreak where they're in a case where you go pick them up when you want to place them um, but you can only pick up two at a time that way somebody can't like somebody doesn't have access to all 10 without having to go there and pick them up and and place them and they can't troll you that way Um, I think like that would end up being more of a hassle than just like the occasional troll having to go to a spot to pick up the reinforcements every time, don't you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, it would help. It's a clever solution, I think, but I think ultimately uh, that is going to make every round worse, whereas the troll only makes the round where he's present worse. What if you could just like, give someone your reinforcements? That'd be cool if you could like delegate your reinforcements to people at the like the load screen or something. Oh, there you go. Now we're talking. Um. Yeah, I was thinking like you look oh, at someone that, you can that like hold. Might be worse too, because then there's like there's people who like to roam, and, or like a whole team just dumps all the reinforcements on you. And you're like, okay, so are we just not taking this round seriously, or you guys really want me to reinforce the whole thing? I mean, or you can like accept them or deny like, them. I, like, I, I really think the solution is like just go with all ten, and like when there's an issue, then there's an issue, and like you know, just deal with the troll. Troll, yeah, trolls exist, and unfortunately, it's just part of it. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Um, I think that that's a clever solution, though, is, like, delegate them to people or, like, you could accept it or, like, deny it. It would create more time in the, like, phase between, like, picking an operator and playing the game, which is annoying, but... Yeah. I don't know. Juckus asks, uh, do you think there's a power creep issue in Rainbow Six, mostly in reference to a lot of new ops having sights on their pistols, like the super sexy red dot on the poles? Poles as in Zofia and Ella. Oh, yeah. Those are very nice red dot sites. They are nice. Why are those called poles? Because they're Polish. Oh, you know that. Um, yes and no. I think that, I mean, with these newest operators, their pistols ridiculous, and we kind of have seen that, but at the same time, Maestro and Alibi weren't really that OP at all, and they were two new operators. Clash and Maverick still I mean, I, th- really? I think Maestro and Alibi were like a notable exception that they came out like very well balanced. Right. But if you look back at like most seasons, the new ops have been at least perceived as OP. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they're, I feel like whenever you're going to introduce something new, it's going to be almost perceived as either very OP or very weak yeah. until people learn how to play yeah. with it. Um, um yeah, I do, I do think there's a power creep issue. I don't think it's as big as some people make it out to be. But like you look at, I mean, you look at Lion, right? It's like an ability like Lions. Can you imagine that? And like among the initial set of operators, like Rook literally just puts down armor. Right. You know, Capkin places traps. Like it, like it's just, it just seems so out of left field. But then again, there's also that point that somebody had brought up before. It's like, okay, well, think about if, um, if Thatcher hadn't existed in the beginning and then they introduced him now, like people would think he was so OP. Can you imagine how OP Pat Thatcher yeah. would feel if he came out today? Yeah. 
Um, and did we already mention about? I think we did on the podcast for like in pro league when people pick operate when they pick operators in pro league, most of the teams are like basically base game operators, with the exception of like you'll see Legion, and you'll see um, Habana and Mira if they're not banned. Yeah, but like other than that, it's basically base team base game operators are like more than half the team almost every single time. Yeah, it's true. They like they tended. It seems like the base game operators just have like more practical abilities, whereas the other ones are like. Hey, here's this really cool idea we came up with. This this seems fun. Yeah, you know. Um, so I guess yes and no. I don't know. Like I, I think weapons are really more where you see the power creep than gadgets, which is what he's saying. Like with the sights on the pistols, and like mm-hmm. that's something that's been super noticeable as far as secondaries. It's like none of the original ops have anything but just a regular pistol. I guess there's the SMG 11. And that used to be actually really, really, really OP. So that's one thing. But they nerfed that super hard, almost oh to the point gosh, of being yeah. unusable. I hate it now. But then they started giving pocket shotguns to everybody and like pocket SMGs and automatic pistols and like the Deagle instantly. Like, I mean, they really went for it on secondary weapons. The red dot sight, like he says. I I wish Siege just had like better sights in general. like. You've been complaining about this for a few weeks now. Yeah, I just I hate having sites that just block like half my screen. Yeah, it honestly so it never annoying. bothered me until recently, like when I started playing more. I think, but like, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal to me. Nah, but I see what you're saying. Like, I I super would love to have the Call of Duty Four Red Dot, where it's just like a nice little, just a little square that's just totally unobtrusive. Yeah. I love I love that site. And Ring of Elysium has a beautiful. We talked about this already. Just beautiful red dot sites that are just like this nice little site. And I'm not saying like just do the red dot site. I'm saying like do all of them. Change all of the sites to make yeah. them all more field of view. Yeah. Balance them all with each other, but give all of them more field of view. Because I just I hate. And I know like Siege, you can't just be being able to aim down sites all the time. But oh gosh, they're just bad. Okay, a little bit of a long question from Wild Thane, but it's good, so I'm going to read it. Odd thing, but coming from a new player perspective, do you think this game has an issue with learning curve? With the massive quantity of maps, each of which is quite complex and take a long time to learn, uh, much less fully master and understand, constantly expanding roster of operators, etc., in addition to all the complex base mechanics in the game, such as breakable surfaces, rotations, areas to reinforce over other areas, or specific angles to hold, etc., the game is just extremely unfriendly to new players. I'm coming to the game brand new and have no shortage of experience with high-level PC FPS competition, but this game feels like you need a college degree in Siege to even play it confidently. Is there any way to address this? Do veteran players even see this as a problem? What could the game do in the future to make getting into it easier? Or is it just a problem that's going to happen when you make a game like Siege that at a certain point, it's just past the phase where new players can com- comfortably join the community? I started playing alongside a lot of CS veterans and competitive Overwatch friends, and I'm the, I'm one of the only ones left trying to still learn and struggle through this game to get into it. It's been a case of I'm tired of getting shot from angles that don't exist. The maps are all massive mazes, and the punishment for not knowing them is so huge that it's infuriating to new players. The operator roster is so big, I don't even know what to expect from enemies or a- allies until after it's too late, and many more. And I honestly can't say I blame them. Don't get me wrong, I'm massively intrigued by the game, but I can see where they're coming from and wanted to get your thoughts. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, and 100%. Yes. I think that's a also, really yes. insightful question. It is. Um, and you brought up a lot of good points. Uh, veteran players, if we're going veteran, as in not the players that act like they're veteran on Reddit, I think they know everything. The other veteran players do know 
that this is a problem and do you understand this is a problem and see this is a problem um you would have people on reddit be like no it's not that big of a problem like you see like league of legends the same way it's like yeah it is and it sucks have you ever tried to play that game <laughs> yeah it's awful yeah like if you didn't know it before like now it's just like there's so many people it's like i don't know like, what's how do you, going yeah, on how do you get into that oh my gosh it's ridiculous um yeah we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago somebody asked um about what's like what are some recommendations for getting into the game and so we gave a few recommendations mm-hmm. back then um i don't really remember them now but uh but yeah like it is a problem i think ubisoft knows it's a problem too um, but I think the solution is where it's hard. Uh, I think like you're partly right that it's, it's partly just, that's what's going to happen when you make a game like siege. Um, yeah. and like, it is like, it's very unique to other shooters. Like, like there's a lot of mechanics in siege that simply don't exist in other shooters. And like, just like the base learning curve, even when you started was big. And so like everybody who, when we started playing siege, everybody was bad at it. Yes. You know, like it took a long time for people to start thinking vertically. Um, it took a long time for like rotation holes to be a thing. Oh, yeah. Rotation holes took a good minute. And part of that was the impact grenades didn't exist at the time. True. But, yeah. But I mean, even nitro cell ones became a yeah, thing. It, it took a while for people to like figure that stuff out. And like, um, so like we had the benefit of learning all of that with everybody. I can't imagine getting into it now. It just seems insurmountable. And like, I even remember like a year or two ago trying to get people into siege and like it felt insurmountable at that point. And so it's like, now there's even right. more operators, more maps. It takes like coming from another game, like siege is a whole different game. And you're right. When you say like, is this just going to happen with a game like siege? Like, yeah, it is. When you bring a game that's just different from other games that you've played before. And like, you can say it's similar to counter-strike or call of duty search and destroy. Like it is, but the whole breakable services and maps being like a lot of vertical all inside of the building. You have right. ladders reinforcing walls. Like it's just way different. All the nuance is, is like way more important than in games like Counter-Strike. Right. There is real strategy in Siege and real like outplaying people to an extent that's like different than other games that just out shooting. And so when people first started playing Siege, it was like FPS, like who's the better gunfighter. And it slowly turned into who's a smarter player. Like gunfights, yes, are still important to win, but who's a smarter player is going to end up winning the game. Right. Um, and like we said this on the last time someone asked a similar question is the best way to learn. You just keep playing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's that's no really better way to answer. learn than just keep playing. It's just going to be time. Um, I mean, there's, there's some good things you can do to start. And some of that is like, play the situations, try to like learn at least those operators that it gives you some insight on. Um, and then like, you know, play some terrorist hunt. I wish that there was a way to filter the maps. I think that's one huge thing that Ubisoft could do Yes, to make it easier for players is like, let me eat, like vote for maps or do a ban phase for maps or veto maps or fil- like do a filter of which maps I want to play. Like, let me do something to sm- like lessen that map pool because each map in itself is basically four maps with every objective, right? Like yeah, each objective might as well be in a- like playing a new map because it just functions so differently. Especially um, when like I had this problem the other day where I was trying to play siege, like I was playing the TTS and I was, I was just playing alone. And I wanted to play like real siege. And so I went to like open up siege. and I was like, well, I don't want to play ranked because I'm alone. But I also don't want to play casual because that's boring. So maybe I just won't play Siege. And so it's like, especially for newer players, you don't want to go into ranked and like screw your rank or for your first season, which obviously your first season is going to be worse than your other ones. Well, plus you have to play to level 20 to get to ranked. Right. 
And it's like that whole casual time is not teaching you ranked at all. You don't learn the maps because you're spawning in random locations. You can't connect that with anything else. You don't understand like where you are at all. You're so lost. You're picking different operators and you're like, oh, wait, well, this is a different one. How do I use this person here? It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Another plug for my map learning video. I'm yeah, going to post seriously. a link for it. You're, it's, it's so no, it's just not good. And then you have this super long timer that doesn't teach you how to play ranked. So it's like, it's hard to learn the game in casual, but you also don't want to learn ranked because that's a very like punishing place to learn with other players that like right, know the game pretty right. well. Even when you get sucked down to copper four, you got really good players in copper four that purposefully put themselves in copper four. Mm-hmm. So like, it's either learn and ranked. That's like the actual game. It's the fun, the fun way to play, but you're being punished a lot while you're learning or learning casual where it's just, you don't learn. Yeah. As far like when it comes to maps, I really don't have any great recommendations. Um, other than like, I guess like maybe pick a couple of maps at a time that you're going to like do some walkthroughs and play terrorist hunt and just like try to at least get the basics of it. Um, I mean, there's probably actually some really good YouTube videos out there. I mean, Siege has a great like creator community around it. So there's probably some really great videos out there with like great map tips and stuff. Yeah, there are. I've seen them. Um, The problem is like some of them just go too into depth and then other ones are just super basic where it's like, okay, I've played an FPS before. But it's like, it's like I'm not, I'm not ground, looking for pixel find. angles on every map. Right. I'm just looking for basic strategies. I'm looking for like, what are the important hotspots and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. like try to get a team to play with. That's a big deal. Um, I think one thing Ubi could do, and I've said this, I've already said this in this podcast, like uh, loading screen tips. Loading screen tips will go a long mm-hmm. way in helping people understand certain operators. Have we posted that on the subreddit yet? Uh, I don't think so. We should. Oh, we should. Okay, th- those are my thoughts. I do think it's a problem. Like as a veteran player, I absolutely think it's a problem, and I think that they really should focus on making it easier for people to get in. Because like I've I've seen tons of people say like I really like the idea of this game, but it's just the learning curve is just too hard, and I feel like I'll never be good at it. And I felt that way myself after like, yeah. you know, all the time I put into it. So. Yeah. Okay. Last question from Vara Jo. Is there a change we could have you guys? Wait. Is we could have you guys take a stand against toxicity in this game. Is he, wait, is he saying like, is there a change we could make against toxicity? It's uh, an online shooter, so there will always yeah. be some toxicity in there, but I think there are lots we can do by sharing the attitude of having good sportsmanship and being friendly to each other, especially with new players. I hate it when I see new players getting a vote started when they're being noobs. We've all been there. I mean, we've all been noobs with this game. So yeah, I think he's basically saying, like, what can we do to stop toxicity? Um, so we've talked about this before. You know, it's funny. I had someone PM me the other day, and I don't think this is the case here, but someone PM me the other day, and he thought, like, it, I was, like some ubisoft representative or something like oh, yeah. asking me how to change the game i was like like do you want me to talk about it on the podcast like, i don't understand he's like no like change like he was literally like thinking i was like a representative was like i'm not, i don't work for ubisoft like i i can't i can't help you yeah <laughs> it's funny that was random um anyway i think the best thing about toxicity which we've talked about is like having some sort of moderator community moderators in game mm-hmm. um and it would go very long ways if they would tell you if like, Hey, your report's got this not, you don't have to say name because that's their silly rule. But 
just at least say like your reports has got a certain player band. Thank you for reporting. Yeah, we've taken action on one of your reports. Thank you for making you Siege go. a better place. Beautiful. Like, Beautiful yeah, just, just feedback, positive feedback on, on reporting would go a long way. Also, like having the report toxic behavior button do anything because I'm pretty convinced it doesn't do anything at all. Um, that would help. Uh, I think hopefully the... Um, That's one of those things that's going to like sneak into a random patch. Yeah, yeah it could. Hopefully the two-factor authentication will do something where we start getting players actually like permanently banned. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind this, I did not understand this until Chris explained it to me, but the idea behind it is you have to link your account to your phone or something to play ranked. And so now if you get banned, you can't just go buy a new account. You've got to also somehow find another phone to connect it to. Mm-hmm. You have to find another so phone number. So once you run out of devices. Yeah. Hopefully there's not an easy way around that with like em- emulators or something, you know? Yeah, because those people figure it out. Like Google Voice numbers and stuff like that. I think I could be totally, completely wrong on this, and I probably shouldn't even guess. But I think how Google Authenticator works is it also sees like an IP address and like your account specifically and other stuff. And so it's like it's hard to not authenticate correctly. Like it's hard to be like, oh, well, I'm going to link this to. It's like, well, you already have an account. Yeah. Um, that could be totally wrong, but I think that's how it works. So anyway, yeah, I I think. I think there are some steps Ubisoft could take if they were really serious about like removing actually toxic people and not necessarily just people who say bad things in chat. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not that not that saying bad things in chat is okay. Like I I don't think that's cool, but like there are much worse offenders in the game who are actually ruining the experience for everybody. Yeah, the ones I hate are I okay. I don't like when people are like being a douche over the mic and like calling people names and stuff and like being a toxic player that's annoying but the ones that are toxic are the ones that are like blowing into the microphone purposely super loud or purposely playing music really loud on the mic trying to annoy players or the ones that are like standing in front of you getting in front of your scope teabagging like in front of you the whole time like yeah, almost the ones who just aren't you. letting you play yeah those are the ones that are annoying like those oh, are yeah. the ones that i want banned i don't care about the guy that said nibba and chat yeah I don't care. I mean, especially because you can but... mute, you can mute text chat, right? Right. So exactly. it's like, let's take care of the people who are downing everybody as Cav, all this yeah. stuff. Okay, great questions. Thanks, guys. If you want to send in your questions, you can do that through Twitter at r six hundred noun, or better yet, join the Discord. You can find that link in the show notes or on our Twitter account, and we have a channel dedicated to podcast questions there. So. Thank you to all those who submitted questions. Let's quickly get these Reddit posts out of the way and we will close this thing out. What do you got for us? All right. So I have two Reddit posts. Um, well, one in the uh, Reddit story. The first Reddit post I have is a video. This is made by Grief Jumps 4 and the title is Throwing Changes Had Some Side Effects to Valkyrie. So <laughs> recently the game had like some changes to how you throw um, gadgets, like the throwing curve has been changed. And so like people have been posting like these amazing Valkyrie spots with Valkyrie. And so this guy made this video where he threw a cam outside and then like he throws another camera and he goes around a corner and like goes on the cameras. And he was on Oregon when he threw the camera and like he switches cams and it's in chalet. It's like where his other camera is. It's so funny. It's <laughs> like, like he threw really it all the way to France. It's a really well edited where like you don't notice that it's that it was edited until like you watch it a few like, times. You realize like, it's okay. It's chalet. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really funny. It's like, wait, did that really happen? And you like see like, oh, he has three cams in this one. There's different operators in this one. And at first I thought like, did it somehow get like thrown into like another match or something? Like what the freak is happening here? And then 
I realize he decided to do that, but it's pretty dang funny. It's yeah. very well done. Good video. Good post. Good job. Grief jumps for Good fluff. That is good fluff. There's a it's lot really of good fluff. lame fluff. It was actually flared as misleading title, but also good. Okay, what's your next post? I didn't bring any posts, by the way. Oh. Well, my next thing is just a quick story. Um, so for those of you that follow the subreddit or probably get all DreamHack is is the most recent esports event. Um, and there's a team called Mini Golf Gutta. They're in like high school or like a basically community college school. Um and they're Counter Strike players, Counter Strike Pro players. And they like jokingly applied to do the qualifier matches for the DreamHacks tournament that's in Sweden right now. And because there weren't enough people doing the qualifier matches, they got put into the actual tournament. <laughs> and so they became like this team that had been playing Siege for like a week, like less than a week. And they are playing in this like pro league tournament that has a prize pool of $50,000 What for Siege. Freak. So it's just because not enough people entered, yeah. so they automatically went in? Yeah, exactly. They didn't even have to play their qualifiers? Nope. Whoa. There were no qualifiers. Um, so everybody, so like the guy first made a post about it. Like for one of the guys from Minigolf got to made a post like, hey, like root for us. And it's so like everybody was like joking. You're like, yeah, like, we want these guys to go against like G2 in the tournament. Like that'd be freaking funny to see him like play super well. And I thought like, obviously there's no way because it's Siege, right? Like it's hard to freaking. We just talked about the learning curve. Yeah. Right, but at the same time, I was like, maybe like just because they're not, like they're so used to another game, they'll just win gunfights like crazy and like end up winning this thing. Like maybe not winning, but like kind of doing well. They got completely destroyed. Um, yeah, you're crazy if you thought anything else was gonna happen. Yeah, they lost fourteen zero. So they're <laughs> the very first team to not win a round under the new rules. They had two games, both seven zero seven zero. They just got completely, utterly destroyed. Yikes. Um, that match wasn't live-streamed, so we didn't get to see it, unfortunately. But but it does show that the skill ceiling in Siege is insane. Right. You can't be a pro player in CSGO and come to Siege and be a pro player in Siege. Nope. It doesn't work that way. Um. Anyway, it was funny, and people, like, love them. Like, just funny story like that, and people are like, heck yeah, like, I hope these guys do good. Um. I don't think they will continue in Siege. I think it was just a joke thing, but it would be funny if they, like, we got wrecked. Let's freaking come got back serious and win. About it, yeah, yeah. Because that'd be funny to see them like up against like G two and like Phase and like some of these other big. Um, that'd be kind of fun. That'd be a cool underdog story. Yeah, it'd be way cool. Anyway, that's the funny thing. Okay. Well, we will close it out there again. Don't forget to join the Discord. Send us your questions for the next podcast. Send us your requests for the next operator spotlights. Um, you can follow us on Twitch and YouTube. I'm VG Fiasco, and Chris is just hello with three O's. You can find us streaming and stuff. Let's call it a podcast. Just goodbye.